Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Today's edition of the Cheapest Meal presented by Deep Fried Draft. My name is Brian Bosarge. Got a great show uh, coming up for you in just a few minutes. We're going to talk with Arif Hassan from Zone Coverage. We're going to talk about all things Minnesota Vikings. Uh, last week we talked to Joe Goodberry for 30-plus minutes about the Cincinnati Bengals, and it was the highest uh, highest listened to podcast uh, of our existence here, where this will be our 15th episode of the Cheapest Meal. So uh, things are looking up here at deepfrieddraft.com. Speaking of things that are looking up, are you planning a Disney vacation anytime soon? Well, if you are, you can contact Rebecca Bosarge at rbosarge at coastersandcastlestravel.com. Let her take the hard work out of it for you, and you just enjoy your vacation. rbosarge at coastersandcastlestravel.com. Her services are free. All you got to do is send in the email, tell her what you want. She'll do all the hard work for you. You just show up and have fun. So as we wait on a reef to uh to call into the show today, um, let's talk a little bit about everything that's going on, deepfrieddraft.com, kind of in a lull right now uh, as we wait on the uh, college football season to begin, which week zero begins next week. Uh, we'll probably have a preview podcast uh, just talking about the games that I'll be watching in week zero and uh, talking about anything else that's happening. I know next Saturday, I believe, we are going to have uh, John Ledyard of the Draft Network on. We're going to talk to him about uh, he covers the SEC beat for the Draft Network. So anx- always, uh, always anxious to talk SEC football with uh, with anybody there. So we got that to look forward to as we wait on a reef, still waiting. For Arif Hassan to call in here. Um, so last night, Bengals Cowboys game. Uh, Bengals had to come back here and uh, win that one. The backups had to come back and win another game for them. You can read all about that. I also write a lot at wblzmedia.com. You can write all, read about all the. I've been pre- every day previewing different conferences for college football. I write about the Bengals there. Um, and a whole lot more. So you can go to wblzmedia.com and I'll read everything that I've written there. Again, uh, latest thing up on deepfriedraft.com. I had a uh, a, pre- or a uh, prospect uh, preview for Ron LaForce safety from New Mexico State uh, up there. That was up a few weeks ago. So um, we got that happening there at deepfriedraft.com. 
also uh, coming up probably sometime during this week. Our uh, we will update our prospect rankings uh, as we head into the season. Kind of try to uh, to get that updated for everybody as we so that everybody's kind of familiar where I stand uh, heading into the season as as we go in. All right. Now our guest has arrived. He is he covers the Vikings for Zone Coverage Minnesota, the best there is for Minnesota sports coverage. Thanks for joining me today. He is Arif Hassan. Arif, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh hey, we're two preseason games in. Uh we've had all of training camp, so how are those Minnesota Vikings looking to you? Uh, I think uh, I think there's some questions to be answered on offense, but I think the defense looks phenomenal. Right. Uh, I, I called it some of the game yesterday, and the offense was kind of looking a little sluggish there. But you've got uh, a couple of undrafted running backs that have looked pretty phenomenal here through two games, and Mike Boone and uh, Rock Thomas. Talk to me about those guys. Yeah, sure. So Rock Thomas is a five-star recruit. I believe he uh, went to uh, Auburn uh, before he decided to transfer because he wasn't getting playing time. So he's always been kind of an intriguing player. Uh, and, uh, you know, six yards to carry at Jacksonville State, uh, which isn't bad. It's not, you know, up there with the with the top running backs in a, in a, in a typical draft class. Um, but it's pretty good, and it's something that excited the Vikings, who typically do tend to target those five-star recruits if they, if they fall or move somewhere. Um, he's been pretty good in camp. Uh, he, uh, he demonstrates a lot of balance uh, and has the ability to break tackles with that balance. Uh, Mike Boone is a little bit different. He wasn't just highly recruited, um, but he's uh, an enormous athlete. He's an incredible athlete who in his first two years at Cincinnati uh, put some incredible production together. Unfortunately, in his final two years, he was kind of riddled with injury and didn't have the ability um, to, uh, to consistently produce in games. Only four yards to carry, which in college is, is pretty much the death knell for running backs. Um, but he was really great for them in the passing game. That's kind of showing up for the Vikings in camp where he's doing a really good job uh, with uh, running routes and, and getting open. Uh, and, and as you saw in this game uh, yesterday, uh, you know, 91 yards on, I think, 13 carries. I think if he took his two biggest runs away, 26 yards, 19 yards, he'd still average over four yards a carry, which is really impressive. Uh, and it shows you that in sort of the right circumstances, he can be consistent. Is there is there room on the roster for both of those guys or one, or are they both just out of luck? Uh, I don't think that there's room on the roster for both of them. I think that the Vikings are really happy with having Latavius Murray as their second running back. They're only going to carry three running backs and a fullback. Uh, and C.J. Ham's the fullback now that the other fullback, Johnny Stanton, is injured. Uh, and so they're likely going to try and stash one on a practice squad. We'll see if they go through waivers. Uh, it, it is kind of interesting. Uh, people kind of assume uh, that the players that they like won't survive waivers. But, you know, a lot of players, more people, more than people ever imagine every single year, do go through waivers and end up on practice squads. So it is possible that one of those two players will end up on the practice squad and the other one ends up on the roster. Well, it, it got helped out a couple of years ago when they, they eliminated the middle cut, and, and now you've got 1,100 players getting cut on one day. So it's a lot easier to sneak those guys through. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you only want to add, you know, one, maybe two players off the waivers 
uh, when uh, when you're when you're done with your cuts because you've made your 53, you're attached to your 53, uh, and so like you said, there's going to be 1,100 players uh, on the chopping block, and and you know as filled out as pro scouting staffs are and as college scouting staffs are, which you know they use a lot of those scouting reports for those waivers. Uh, it is difficult to to put in a claim on all your guys. Really, um, I think a lot of front offices, and maybe the Vikings do this too, they go through a checklist of the players they'd kind of already wanted to see if they were cut rather than looking through all the players that were cut. So I think that you're right. With the giant cut-down day instead of two cut-down days, it might be easier to sneak a guy on. Right. Uh, I wrote a piece uh, yesterday talking about a uh, po- uh, potential of Teddy Bridgewater trade from the Jets. One scale of one to ten, how much do you and other Minnesota Viking fans miss Teddy Bridgewater? <laughs> uh, you know, obviously it depends on the fan, but I think uh, I think if you take the, the Viking fan base as a whole, something like an eight or a nine, it's pretty high. Uh, he's uh, extraordinarily well-loved in Minnesota. He's a super likable guy, which, uh, you know, all the Jets beat have kind of discovered. Uh, you talk to Jets players, apparently – you know, they won't stop talking about how much they love him. Very easy to uh, to start liking him. Uh, and he's got a great attitude about basically everything. So uh, that, in addition to kind of the upside he showed right before he got injured, I think all of that really contributes to how much Vikings fans uh, do miss him. And, you know, a lot of people, and every so often I'll retweet an update about Teddy Bridgewater, and, you know, a couple of people will be like, hey, you cover the Vikings, don't talk about this. But a ton of people more people are, are way more interested in hearing about Bridgewater than they are in hoping that they don't see Bridgewater on their feet. All right. Well, the Vikings did move on from Teddy Bridgewater or let him go, but they brought in Kirk Cousins uh, and gave him a totally guaranteed contract. Uh, what kind of an impact are you expecting from Kirk Cousins this year and beyond? Yeah, I think uh, the Vikings signed Cousins because, uh, you know, they can't rely on, on Keenum to be that consistent year to year. Uh, and so they know that the likelihood of Cousins repeating Keenum's season uh, might itself be low, but it's higher than Keenum's chances of repeating Keenum's season. So uh, even if they don't fit kind of that offensive production as they did last year, I think they'll be happy. And I think the expectations are that you'll end up with a, a quarterback who, who relies on, on a sophisticated play-action game um, that has the ability to throw 30, 35 times a game, maybe even 40 times a game if necessary, but doesn't have to uh, with their running back. And I would expect that with Cousins kind of under center, they expect their offense to be in the top 10 and points scored and are pushing to try and be in the top five, given how talented the supporting cast around them is. Speaking of talent, uh, your general manager, Rick Spielman there, he's done an excellent job securing the team's future long-term deals for most of the core players. Is there anybody left to sign? Do you have any money left to sign those guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's a debate about, you know, what they're going to do with Anthony Barr and uh, whether or not they have the ability to sign him and, and what kind of roster room is available for him. Uh, and, and that gets kind of put up against the likelihood of extending someone like Trey Waynes, who a lot of people, uh, you know, they're happy with him. But, you know, they, they're not as confident that the Vikings kind of need to extend them, especially now that they've drafted a first-round cornerback. Uh, and so that could be an area where you kind of cut costs where you don't have to necessarily extend him. And then they've got Sheldon Richardson with the Vikings on a one-year deal. And uh, if, if Richardson kind of likes the environment enough and if he performs well enough, the Vikings will certainly look into whether or not they want to extend him or, you know, kind of approach next year's draft, which is just filled with defensive tackles 
maybe grab a cheaper option. Right, right. Uh, first round pick a couple of years ago, Laquan Treadwell's basically done jack squat since he's been in the league. Uh, is this make or break year for him? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously the Vikings weren't going to let him go uh, almost no matter what happened on the field last year. Uh, and, you know, 200 yards, that's an improvement over 15, I guess. Uh, so, uh, you know, last year wasn't going to be a make or break year. and That would make this year that year. Uh, you know, the difference between him and Cordero Patterson is that Patterson offered, uh, you know, A, something a lot more tantalizing. People wanted to find ways to use him, but B, he was always valuable in the kick return game. Uh, and, you know, if they stop messing with the kick returns, maybe he'll end up as kind of one of the top kick returners of our era. Um, whereas, you know, Treadwell, you don't get anything like that. He's not a particularly great special teamer. He can be useful as a punt gunner. But uh, really, he just has to make his way as a receiver. And so if he can't do that, then there's not really much of a reason to keep him on the roster, unlike with someone like Patterson, where you always had a reason uh, and you just kind of wanted more. So I think that even though his contract's not up, and even though I think a, a good chunk of it is guaranteed, uh, this for sure is going to be the year where they kind of decide his fate. Yeah, I really like uh, I like Treadwell coming out, obviously, as, as most did. But uh, speaking of draft picks, uh, 2018 draft class this year, I really liked uh, a lot. Most I like most of the Vikings' late rounders more than I did, say, the early rounders, per se. Uh, who was your favorite draft pick uh, they made this year? Um, well, now that I got to see him in camp, it's very difficult for me to say, you know, anybody but Mike Hughes, just because Hughes looks phenomenal. But I didn't like the pick at the time uh, for strategic reasons. I thought they should have invested in an offensive lineman that they could play right away. And I still think that that might bear out. Um, my favorite draft pick, uh, that wasn't tough. I wasn't super enamored with a, a lot of the draft class. You know, I wasn't a huge fan of Jalen Holmes. I kind of like Colby Gossett, but as a sixth rounder, it was difficult to get excited about him. Not a huge fan of Adi Aruna. Um, I don't really care that much about kickers. Uh, so... It, it was difficult for me to, to kind of figure out uh, sort of who in the draft class kind of excited me the most. Um, Brian O'Neill uh, is somebody that I thought they got a good value on, but it doesn't kind of fit what they kind of need right now, which is somebody who has the ability to play right away. Uh, Brian O'Neill is somebody I came into the draft not liking because I thought he would be kind of a late first-round pick. And in that context, I didn't think he was a very good pick. Um, but in the context of being uh, a late second-round pick, I think that that's actually pretty excellent for the Vikings. So I guess you could say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the O'Neill pick uh, in that in that regard. And on the flip side of that, what pick was just negative for you? Uh, that's the thing about this draft is that it didn't excite me and it didn't really anger me, you know? Um, you know, I thought – it's difficult to be angry, for example, about the Mike Hughes pick because, you know, I thought he was an excellent player coming out of the draft. So I, I get the reasoning behind it. I just thought it was kind of a, a misplacement of priorities. Really, the, the things that bothered me the most were the things that didn't happen. The Vikings weren't aggressive about moving up in the second round. It sounded like they wanted to target one of the three guards that kind of went early. They had their eye on Connor Williams, for example. They had their eye on uh, the, the Browns guard, who I think Austin Corbett – they're trying at tackle now for some reason. Um, so I'm more upset that they didn't, uh, they, they weren't aggressive about what they were going to try and accomplish in the draft. And they just kind of let the draft fall to them in a way that I don't think they were even all that excited about. 
I'll tell you what I got excited about, and I'm not even talking about Mike Boone or Rock Thomas, but I had five undrafted players. I had five guys in my top 200 that the Vikings brought in as undrafted free agents. And I was just completely enamored with their their eighth-round class there. Now, you've already lost uh, Hercules Madafa, but I've heard great things about Holton Hill uh, out of camp from you and other guys. So talk to me about Holton Hill first. Yeah, Holton Hill had a really great rookie camp. He had a really great first couple of days of training camp. Uh, he struggled a little bit in the middle, but he's come back on, especially now that he got to play against like Tanner Lee and Cody Kessler in uh, in uh, in the joint practices. Um, but you know, he's looked really good. The only issue for him is that because it's such a deep cornerback room with, you know, you've got Xavier and Trey and Mac Alexander and now Mike Hughes, and you've got Terrence Newman, you've got your punt returner Marcus Sherrills. It's a very difficult roster to make and uh, he therefore has to perform well on special teams and he actually has not been doing a very good job as a special teamer. Uh, I think Holton Hill kind of looks like a third round cornerback, a a decent third round cornerback. When you watch him in practices play cornerback, he'll give up a a couple to, you know, people like Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. He'll occasionally give up something to like say Caleb Jones or something like that. But for the most part, He's looked really good as a corner. I think he's a rosterable corner. I think that he should be on a roster somewhere. Uh, and I think it's going to end up being Minnesota. Um, but the issue for him is is that on special teams, he's not doing a great job. Right. Another two guys I like were the two wide receivers, Corey Robertson from Southern Miss and Jake Weineke from South Dakota State. Uh, any chance that any of those guys are going to contribute this year? Uh, it kind of depends on how the injury situation shakes out for the Vikings. They actually really like uh, Brandon Zilstra, who is a CFL receiver, who spent I think, two years in the CFL uh, after he was at uh, Concordia Moorhead. Um, so he's a 25-year-old rookie. Um, and it kind of shows he's actually doing a lot better than a, a lot of those undrafted rookies. He's actually looking better than Jake Weineke and, and Corey Robertson, Chad Beebe, and, and Jeff Baddett. Um, so it, it kind of depends on how healthy he is, how healthy Stacy Coley is, who I think is a fifth round pick from last year. Um, and you know, the, cause they kind of like what, what Coley's done, but I think all together throughout the off season, Coley has been healthy for a full week. And so it's very difficult for them to, uh, to, to rely on him. And so then you have to look at say someone like Corey Robertson, who I think has been struggling a lot in camp. You know, we know that he's a yak guy. We know that he has the ability to kind of power through tackles. Uh, he can really be kind of a running back out wide, but he's getting, uh, but they're kind of asking him to separate a lot more, and it's not something he's doing very well with. Uh, and Jake Weineke is not that dissimilar in that, you know, he's not as much of a yak guy. He's, you know, a, a, an airball guy, um, but he also isn't meant to separate all that much, and he hasn't been separating a ton in camp, but he at least has been winning a good chunk of those airballs. He looks pretty decent on slants. Uh, and so, you know, I think Weineke is looking a little bit better. I don't I don't think Robertson is a practice squad candidate at the moment, which is surprising to me too. Uh, I think Weineke is a practice squad candidate, but I don't think he's necessarily um a first year kind of roster candidate. Right. Gotcha. Uh speaking of undrafted guys, Minnesota signed last year a guy that I, I was all over and may have been the only one in the draft community that really liked was Dylan Bradley from Southern Miss. Now he's obviously not on the roster anymore and don't think he's on anybody else's roster, but I really wanted to see him get a chance. Uh, w- what happened there with him? Was he just, just another guy? Uh, it, it's, it was tough for him. Uh, you know, coming out, I think it was 265 pounds. 
Um, and uh, as a defensive tackle, you know, that's that's tough. Uh, you know, they considered converting him to defensive end, and he didn't really have kind of the bend or the agility to play a defensive end, and it would take a really long time for him to build up uh, the weight to play a defensive tackle. And I think ultimately they tried him out at end uh, to play as a power end, and um, that was uh, that was tough because the Vikings have a lot more depth at defensive end than they do at defensive tackle. So he had to compete with players like Stephen Weatherly, who was a draft pick, Tayshawn Bauer, who really impressed in the preseason. You know, Brian Robinson is still there. Uh, and, you know, they're not going to make a ton of room available for, like, your sixth or seventh defensive end. Um, so it was really tough. I actually liked him a lot, too, coming out. He looks great uh, in terms of generating pressure. He was surprisingly good in the run game for someone of his size. Um, but, you know, he kept on getting bullied by, you know, the second or third string offensive line. And uh, it, w- it was difficult for him to transition back from defensive tackle to defensive end. Uh, it was just kind of a, a size-skill thing. Um you know, I don't, I don't think you were wrong to like him. I think that, you know, he had a lot of potential. I thought the Vikings signing him was a good move. Um, but, you know, sometimes the odds kind of just don't play out in your favor, and, and he just kind of had the wrong combination of, of skills to body type. He strikes me as the kind of guy that this new uh, Alliance of American Football League is to be is going to be built for guys like that, guys who just didn't mm-hmm. have it at that point in time to make it in the NFL. But he goes there, plays maybe a year or two in the in the AAF, and then you know two years from now he's ready. He's bulked up to two eighty, two ninety, and he's ready to terrorize the inside in the NFL. So, yeah, no, absolutely, I think what, so. You got two more preseason games left. Uh, what are the what are the biggest battles left that that we still have to see play out over these last two games? Uh, in terms of trying to figure out, you know, positional spots, uh, you know, it sounds like Mackenzie Alexander is healthy, so he is competing with Mike Hughes for that starting nickel spot. So that's going to be a positional battle. Uh, what's going to happen in that fourth safety spot if J. Ron Curse is going to still hold on to it, or whether or not Trey Matthews has the ability to to uh, to kind of grab onto it. Jack Tocho um, had a pretty awful showing uh, at the beginning of his uh, of his uh, preseason, um, but has looked really good since then. Uh, so he could push for that. The third running back spot, we already talked about that a little bit. You know, that's going to be a big competition. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they're going to see, you know, which wide receivers are healthy, what's going to happen at defensive tackle. Um, they have moved to defensive end to defensive tackle. Besides just Jalen Holmes, they also moved to Fadi Adenibo. Um and so, you know, he's been looking good there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I think those are, are kind of the the bigger battles that they're having there. Uh, and then, of course, like I mentioned, sixth-slash-seventh cornerback spot. Are they going to carry seven if they are? That's probably Holton Hill. If they aren't, is it going to be Holton Hill or Marcus Sherrills? If it's not Marcus Sherrills, what are they going to do at punt return? Those are kind of all of the things they're trying to figure out. Is there really a kicking competition between Kai Forbath and Daniel Carlson, or is this just posturing and it's Carlson's <laughs> job? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is Carlson's job to lose. Um, if he, you know, screws up over the next two games, he certainly will lose it. Uh, but kind of all indications from here are that it's, you know, kind of by default, it's Daniel Carlson until he gives them a reason uh, to, uh, to, to get cut. Um, otherwise, you know, Kai Forbath is going. He's talented enough to land somewhere else in the league. So, you know, I'm not going to feel too bad because he's going to end up, you know, hopefully somewhere he likes. That's kind of the important part. But I, I'm really confident he's going to end up somewhere uh, because he is talented enough to, to kick field goals. 
uh, in, in the NFL. Um, but for now, uh, yeah, I think it is Carlson's job to lose. I would just hate to see Minnesota go the same route Cincinnati did last year and cut their fifth-round kicker and only to see him kicking field goals in the Super Bowl. I mean, I would hate for anybody else to see that because you, you decided Randy Bullock was the safe, safer guy. <laughs> well, you can tackle, right? So. <laughs> so, Arif, I met you last year down at the Senior Bowl, and I'm pretty sure you probably come down here every year or, uh, or almost every year. Uh, so I ask everybody, because I'm from Mobile, so I'm I'm down here 24 uh, seven. So I ask everybody, all my out of town guests that I talk to that come down for the senior role, what's your favorite place to eat when you come to Mobile? Oh man, last year I actually uh, we we had an Airbnb with a with a grill, so I really enjoyed that. Um, but man, I wish I could remember the name of the place. It's a barbecue joint, uh, which I mean that's not surprising in Mobile. Um, but they uh, they had this pork belly sandwich there for like five bucks. Man. I really wish I could remember the name. Well, I'm going to Google this right now because this is important to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I introduced uh, I introduced Pete Smith to the Brick Pit, and uh, he goes there like three or four times every time he's down here. It's like his <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner is pulled pork sandwiches. Uh, let's see. Is it the Brick Pit, actually? Hold on. I don't think it's Dickie's. It could be. I think it's the Brick Pit. Um. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed the Brick Pit. That place is amazing. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. It closed for like a month, and, and everybody was panicking around here and everything, but it turns out they were just renovating or something. So it's okay. <laughs> it's still open, still there. But uh, speaking of the Senior Bowl, uh, probably in two or three years, we're changing locations of that game. So uh, you'll have to get, get used to a different uh, different setup when you come down here in probably 2020. Oh no! I've gotten used to my routine. Yeah, well, the routine's gonna—I I would imagine they're gonna keep the players' hotel and everything in the same spot because there's really not a whole a whole lot of options for something of that large. But the game itself is, in all likelihood, gonna move to uh, South Alabama's new on-campus stadium, and they're hoping it can be operational by 2020. If that's the case, it'll move then. If not, it'll be a year after that. So within the next three years. Uh, the Senior Bowl is 95% changing changing locales, and practices will be held there as well. All right. Well, that's uh, good to know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's you know it's for the better for everybody. So I'll, I'll be excited to see what kind of improvements they make. Well, Lad Stadium in itself is a shithole, so everybody's pretty uh, pretty <laughs> excited to have uh, have something newer to go to. And me personally, like I said, I've, I told uh, somebody the other day, when I turn out of my neighborhood, I would literally have to make one right turn to get to South Alabama's campus. So it's it's all it's better for me. So I can't speak for everybody else, but it's definitely better for me. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Well, Reef, uh, tell everybody where they can find your work. Uh, you can find my work at zonecovers.com. Um, I post every article I write uh, onto my Twitter feed. That's uh, at Arif Hassan NFL, A-R-I-F-H-A-S-A-N NFL. Um, yeah. All right. I appreciate you taking your time out of your uh, busy schedule here today to uh, talk Vikings with me, and I uh, hope to have, have you on again at a later date. Yeah, sounds like fun. Thanks, Arif.
that was Arif Hassan of Zone Coverage. Uh, we talked, uh, covered pretty much the full gamut there of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so, said so you can follow his work at zonecoverage.com. It's great if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan or you just want to familiarize yourself with the Vikings. I would advise any and everybody to uh, to go to go there and, and study up on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Cheat Meal. As always, follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft, and you can find all of my work at deepfrieddraft.com. Download this podcast at blogtalkradio.com slash Draft. You can also search Deep Fried Draft on iTunes and Stitcher. If that's the way you do it, download the podcast there. And if you're doing it on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. We, we like the positive feedback. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.